The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, August 3rd. That means it's time for a mailbag Monday uh, to break down the mailbag questions. Reminder that you can get your mailbag question answered if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. You can go in there, leave a five-star review. If you want to, you know, if you, if you can't do it, like you're in Canada or Europe or so you can't, just can't do it, you can tweet me or email me. We'll get you in the mailbag. Um, but we, I guess Canada actually can based on this first question. But to answer those questions, joining me, Ryan Wilson, John Breach, not here. And of course, Sean. I can't get it right. Sean no. Wagner not here as well. Um, this you need is a sad trombone button for your sad trombone button. Uh, you can see me make the noises with my mouth if you want to check out uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Even if you don't really want to watch the show on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash pick six and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button for us. It does us a, a huge help if you do that. Uh, Ryan, uh, Debo, what, when did, would you, when did we put the moratorium on saying? Sean's name? I mean, now we're in a whole separate month. Sean left us last, last month officially, so we're, we're getting close. Uh, Debo, is it true or false that you put the moratorium down and said, no more Sean talk based solely on the fact that Sean did not cast you in the Pick 6 movie for the last mailbag? No, I think we're even based on the whole Twitter beef that we had. I want to <laughs> call that Twitter beef, but... um, But that was purposeful. Like, we were just messing with him. Sean... Just like didn't even think about including you, which is outrageous if you think about it. Nah, I wish Sean luck. I think he starts he starts school this month, right? I wish Sean luck. Like, job as, a, as an actuary. His endeavors. When you wish someone luck, you, you want him to fail. <laughs> I was thinking about we were talking on a previous podcast about a Damian Williams emergency episode. Sean would have been perfect for that. Chiefs, his fantasy insight. But, you know, we weren't going to call up Ryan about Damian Williams at uh, 5.30 on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. That was ridiculous. There's absolutely no chance we do that. We will, however, fire up some mailbag questions today. Um, hey, quickly, before we were just talking about this, uh, if you don't have CBS All Access, get it, because they just got a crap ton of stuff. Uh, Debo mentioned uh, all the episodes of the Two Seasons Chappelle Show. I love Reno 911. You can now watch that on CBS All Access. What? Champions League. Champions League, of course. That's a huge one. Well, and CBS All Access is free. This is not even built into the rundown, but I should point this out. It is you. You get a month free because when Turner switched over the rights and CBS took over the Champions League, we didn't have like a whole ton of time to build it out. So there's only going to be a couple of games, I believe, aired on CBS Sports Network. Which means if you want to watch all the Champions League games, you can watch them on CBS All Access with a free first month. Um, you can, I think this is kind of a life hack. You can sign up for sportsline.com. And if you sign up for sportsline, you get all access for free. Did you know that? 
Mm. Yeah. So sign up for Sportsline or just go sign up for CBS Sport, CBS All Access. It, it really is tremendous. Even if you cut the cord and like you don't even have YouTube TV or anything like that, you can actually watch your local CBS broadcast through CBS All Access. So if you're into golf, if you want to watch the final two rounds uh, of the PGA Championship this week on CBS, you can listen to the First Cut podcast and you can get CBS All Access and you'll be able to stream that golf um, for free once you sign up for it. So I highly recommend CBS All Access. As, as Ryan points out, tons of great shows. Uh, this is Decade Outlook from Bennett Stewart in Canada. Thank you for listening, Bennett. Oh, Canada. My home and native land. I won't sing the entire Canadian national anthem, but suffice to say, I would be perfectly fine if my wife suddenly decided that she wanted to go to Canada right now. I would move with her. It sounds uh, incredible. Uh, I, thought was, I thought she was leaving you. Sorry. I thought you were saying you'd be fine if she left you to go to Canada. No, I would. I mean, I'd be fine if I left her to go to Canada. Okay. But you had, you had a way out of that, but you opted to go in another direction. You could have walked away from leaving your wife, and yet you you, you took you took it all down. I just think Canada is a Canada's a nice place. They're doing a great job from a global taking care of everybody perspective. Oh, I see. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Now I now I like they're invested in helping the people of the country. Okay. So what's the question? And it says, "Love the pod. Listen to it every day. Working at a grocery store. Oh, Canada." In these times, it seems hard to predict the future, but would love to hear your guys' opinion on this one. Seems in the next few years, we'll be seeing more of the great quarterbacks of the last two decades, i.e. Rodgers, Brady, Roethlisberger, Breeze. Didn't mention Rivers, Bennett. Retiring and more and more young guys are coming up every year. Give me your five NFL teams that will dominate the next decade. Okay, Ryan, I, I think we can... Uh, we know two. Yeah, the, the Chiefs and the Ravens yep. are the locks. Yep. So who else would you include... In your five teams. I think we have to go with the Cardinals. On Friday in the podcast, we talked about breakout teams. We mentioned the Cardinals and passing the end there, but I think Kyler Murray gets red hot. Cliff Kingsbury is the real deal. They have a lot of offensive weapons. I think they could be in that conversation. I think the Denver Broncos, if Drew Locke plays like we hope he does, could be in that conversation. Okay. I mean, I'm him and hawing over the Texans. I love Deshaun Watson, but I'm concerned about Billy O'Brinson. Um, but here's another team. Here's my dark horse team. You like you like to go out on a limb with these things. I'm going with the New England Patriots. They have no quarterback right now. They're going to get a quarterback in this draft. I mean, it'll be Trevor Lawrence, but it'll be someone good. And that team is going to be really good five years from now. Okay. So those are your three to fill it out. So when you're looking at when you're wait, making, wait, and the and the Eagles, just because of Debo. Okay. I don't want to hear him yelling at me. So when you're looking at these evaluations, what's is number what 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 like what are your qualifications that you're looking for? Other than the, the Patriots, obviously. It starts with the quarterback. Quarterback, then players around them. Uh, Kyler Murray, I think that team is going to be much better. Um, Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson, even though they lost Dre Hopkins. And uh, Drew Locke has a fantastic team on paper offensively around him. He just has to play, hopefully, like we saw towards the end of last season. Okay. I think the Broncos are an interesting choice. I don't know that I trust Vic Fangio entirely. You know, well, like, I mean, who knows how much longer he's he's coaching? How that's going to work out? I mean, right. he's in their years. I would I I would say that I think I think this is a great choice. And even though your your point about Bill Belichick concerns me greatly, if I'm trying to fade the Patriots, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, that's what's the bigger question mark, Josh Allen or or Drew Locke? I think 
Drew Locke because we haven't seen enough of him. We've seen Josh Allen. We know what he is, and he has a, we know he has a high ceiling. And we know that they can win 10 games, which they did last year, uh, with Drew, Josh Allen playing the way that he did. I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done an outstanding job of figuring out how to build a roster and put together a team that is in their image, that has great culture, that plays great defense. They have a bunch of young superstars on defense from Ed Oliver to Tremaine Edmonds to Tredavious White. Uh, you know, they have um, they've built an offensive line and keep developing it. Josh Allen is still young. He's probably – I don't think he's going to get a $35 million a year contract unless he has an MVP season and they win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, you're probably going to – you're probably going to get him on a, on a, on a decent price uh, moving forward. The division, at least, you know, the, the Dolphins look like they're tough and the, and the Jets are the Jets and have Darnold and the Patriots have Bill Belichick. But, you know, that division could sort of creep back to earth a little bit. Um, so I would include the Bills in there. I don't think you can include anybody from the NFC South <laughs> because of age of quarterbacks and just the unknown of the, of the Panthers right now. If the Cowboys weren't morons, yep. locked up Dak Prescott, I would include them. But if I got to pick them for the next five years, Actually, it's the next decade. Five teams over the next decade. I relook. Right, so over the next decade, I'm feeling more comfortable with the Eagles as a consistent performer over the next decade. Hey, they got Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. <laughs> they did. They, they, I mean, Carson Wentz, Howie Roseman, who I firmly believe is one of the best evaluators in all of football. Uh, Doug Peterson, an underrated coach that Sean, you know, left far too low on his list. So I think that I think they're in there for the Eagles. I would I would lean I might lean towards the Cowboys if they locked up Dak Prescott because I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach. But I'll take the Eagles instead there. Um, I can't. I'm with you. I can't take anybody from the AFC South. Just even though Deshaun Watson is great, I just don't know if I trust what what uh, what Billy O'Brinson is doing. And I'm a little worried that this this lack of first round picks is going to catch up to him. Can't take the Browns or the Bengals because you just you know the Ravens are there and the Steelers are still tough. Um, nobody from the NFC North. So for my fifth team, I'm actually going to pass on the Cardinals opportunity, even though I love the Cardinals, and I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers. I was going to ask you. That's going to be my question. So not, and this is a 10-year time frame, but for five years. For five years, I would take the Seahawks. No, just for five years. Let me put this question to you. Five years, Jimmy G and Jared Goff, are they both still with their current teams five years yeah. from now? Yes, I think so. Both of them? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I just, I, mean, I think, I, I think, I think we're sort of sleeping on Jimmy Garoppolo and what he could do this year. Yeah. A year removed from AC, like he had ACL surgery. I know it was the beginning of the 2018 season, but yeah, I mean, that, you know, he, he basically lost a year in those, uh, in, in that system and, and they went 13 and three. Kyle Shanahan, if they, if he wins a Super Bowl, he could be the best coach in football that is currently coaching, not the best coach of all time. I mean, you know, but he is, I mean, he's an awesome coach. They've, they're stacked on defense. They're going to lose some players eventually, but I, I think we trust John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to sort of figure things out. So uh, I would go Ravens or chiefs, Ravens, 49ers, bills, Eagles as my five teams. By the way, um, maybe on the to-do list for if we run out of things to do later in the summer, even though the season's upon us, we should rank the coaching staffs, head coaching staffs, by division. Like they're the four coaches of each division make up one team. Because first place is the NFC West. I say, but I mean the AFC East, outside of Adam Gase, ain't terrible. Like that's a that's a formidable group: Belichick, uh, McDermott, and Brian Flores. Yeah, I mean Harbaugh. Well, we don't know about Stefanski, but still, Zach Taylor is sort of a drag. If Joe Judge is good, then all of a sudden the NFC East is kind of loaded. So that's, I mean, that could be. Yeah, that's a good idea. Debo. 
Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to write that for site and then we'll do it for the podcast? Yeah, I love that idea. Oh, I am. Oh, great. Thanks. Appreciate it. I think. Go ahead. Is the NFC North last? The head coach? uh, um, Don't give it away now. Yeah, okay. That's just. Think about that. Mm. NFC North might be last. Find out later on the podcast. Yeah, find out at some point in the future. <laughs> uh, but, but really, the AFC South is last. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> Moving along. This is from uh, Danny Johnwood 52. It says, play the Dickie V sound more often. Whoa! Oh! What a big jam! Wallace took it in his hands and said, up, up, and away! That's funny. That, the, I love that there's like these faction of podcast fans. Some of you like that soundbite is. I know, I know. Um, this podcast is 100% my favorite. You guys make doing yard work so enjoyable. Wait, did we already answer this question? Maybe not. Um, I love the Dickie V, Dickie Vitale soundbite, and I frankly don't think it's played enough. <laughs> my question is about the Vikings. I've been a diehard Vikings fan for years. I was wondering why people think we're going to decline so much. Gary Kubiak runs a very similar system to Stefanski, so we have the continuity that people are stressing so much in this pandemic. Lots of people left our secondary, but none of them were even that good. Personally, I think we still have a chance to make a deep playoff run, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Love the pod. Uh, fair points all around. And I think when you look at the Minnesota Vikings, it is a team that offensively will not change much, if at all. In fact, I would almost argue, Ryan, that with Gary Kubiak as the official offensive coordinator now, and not just an offensive assistant with Kevin Stefanski as the OC, that Mike Zimmer might be a little less hands-on and a little less aggressive in how he asked Kubiak to run the offense. Now, because, I mean, you could see it last year. If, 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 if Zimmer felt like they were passing the ball too much or being too pass-heavy, the, the following week the game plan would be really, really, really run heavy. Now, having said that, he did fire North Turner mid-year. So maybe, maybe that, uh, maybe that won't work out in that particular way. Um, but they had, they had Ezra Cleveland in the draft as a second round pick. They have Garrett Bradbury in his second year. Could be a breakout season. Adam Thielen. They get Justin Jefferson to replace Stephon Diggs. Kirk Cousins is, is, is a very good quarterback and he's underrated. Um, Irv Smith coming into his, uh, second year. Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook. I mean, this is a, uh, you know, this is a, this is a, um, this is a potentially good offense. I'm with you. I think the, the question's on defense. I think the offense is, will be what it is. I think you're right. You've been sort of beating the drum, uh, about how Gary Kubiak and Mike Zimmer are going to get along and what Gary Kubiak brings to this offense and, uh, Kirby Cousins being comfortable with it. I, I do think, and, um, what's the questioner's name? Danny. Danny does make a good point that, that, that secondary wasn't great with Xavier Rhodes. And um, the other kid that was a first-round pick that I think ended up in, in Cincinnati. Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes, thank you. Uh, they drafted a ton of guys. They had, like, I think literally like 13 or 14 picks. Used all those draft picks. I don't think they traded out of any of those picks, mostly on defense. By the so, way, the, the, all those picks, I don't think they meant to do this, but it ended up being really smart to draft all of those guys in this pandemic with the expanded rosters. Like, you're going to have a better look at all of these draft picks, and you don't, like normally you're cutting ha- like a quarter of those guys. Yeah, so they one, two, three, four, five, six defensive 
rookie defensive backs they have coming in. They drafted Gladney, Jeff Gladney in the first round. Cameron Dantzler in round two or three. Those are uh, Gladney's small but fast. Dantzler's big. Harrison Hand's big. Miles Dorn's a UNC guy. He's another big guy. So, um, like, the athleticism I don't have any question about. It's just a matter of how soon those guys can come in and assimilate and um, help out there. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, Michael Pierce. That's that's a huge loss, too. He opted out. So they signed him from the Ravens. Huge uh, loss. Brady Brady Quinn actually mentioned earlier this week he thinks that's the biggest loss of all the opt-outs because he was going to fill a massive role on that, on that interior of that defensive line. Right. So, I mean, those are the questions. The questions are on that side. The questions aren't on – oh, Brian Cole's another kid they, they um, I think, drafted. I don't think they signed him as a direct free agent. Who can help in the secondary? He's currently on the um, – COVID list, whatever they call that list, whether he was exposed or whether he was around someone. But, right, Michael Pierce is going to be gone in the middle of the defense. So, again, that side of the ball is huge question marks. Outside of the Packers offense, maybe it doesn't matter in that division, but, you know, Brinson on Friday talked up to, to the Lions as potentially being a bounce-back offensive team. So it may be tougher to win football games in 2020 for the Vikings than it was last year because the defense isn't what it was. The the secondary, I know, I know he points out that like you lose Avery Rhodes and Trey Wayne, it's not that big a deal. And you have Mike Hughes coming in as a 2008. This is when he would step up and have a big season in the Mike Zimmer, in the Mike Zimmer defense. I don't think that's out of the question. My concern would be that outside of Hughes and, and Holton Hill, you know, you are really young at cornerback and young cornerbacks typically, they've usually needed a year to get ready for Mike Zimmer's system, but there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent on the defense. If Daniel Hunter has a defensive player of the year season, and they can find some guys to clog up the middle. Um, you know, I think this is a team that could uh, that could certainly win the division and make a deep playoff run. I don't know if I trust Cousins in the offense. Now that I don't trust Cousins, I do, but I, I just don't know if like the offense has enough oomph to make a deep playoff run. That would be my real concern. Like if you run into the 49ers again, are you really going to win two playoff games? I, I don't know. But they they can they can be a much better uh, team, I think, than people anticipate. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll answer some more questions. Okay, this is from Tyler Partridge. Merleberg, am I the only one who thinks the Colts to the AFC Championship game is a lock? Of course not. They've proven they can beat KC, drafted a class of two offensive studs, added a couple guys in free agency, uh, traded for uh, Rhodes and, and Knicks, traded for DeForest Buckner. This is all with one of the best offensive lines in the league. Frankie's getting the boys ready to go. Where do you see the Colts going over the next five years? Ooh. Wow. Well, I, five years is a huge question mark. Next year is not so hard. I don't think – I think two years is the question you need to ask for the for the Colts. Because I think that's uh, – uh, I, I think Phil plays two years. That's why. Yep. It could just be one. But, I mean, 2020 is the window for the Colts, and that's sort of why they were willing to go all in on DeForest Buckner too. Um, you know, they, they, they knew they had a chance to make a deep playoff run. I would never, ever call – and I, I think I agree with the premise of what Tyler is saying here. In that I think the Colts are a high floor, high ceiling team that, that, that are a legitimate Super Bowl contender that can make a deep playoff run, that have a veteran quarterback who I think people are down on a little too much. They have lots of offensive weapons. They have a smart coach that Rivers has worked with. Uh, the, and the defense should be better. I mean, BMAC picked him as a potential defensive breakout. You picked him as a potential offensive breakout, uh, both in the shows last week. If you, Tyler, if you guys want to go listen to those. Um, by the way, they might be a, a, a special teams breakout. They drafted Rodrigo Blankenship out of Georgia too. So, I think did um if he's any, if he has to be better than Adam Vinatieri last year. Did Adam Vinatieri officially retire yet or not yet? Not yet. Okay, he's not on their roster, so maybe his contract's up. I don't know. But either way, 
But I would say this, the, the premise makes a lot of sense, but no one, not even the Chiefs, not even the Ravens, certainly not the Ravens, ever won a playoff game, is a lock for the AFC Championship game. Because even with the Ravens, you got to win, you know, you have to win one, at minimum, one playoff game. Um, it's probably likely with the Colts, I would guess, that they're going to need to win two. The Colts, if Phil Rivers stays healthy, are a lock to go to the playoffs. I will say that. I think, I, I, I agree with that. I think a healthy Phillip Rivers and the Colts go to the playoffs and win that division. I think they win the division too. Where I think we're if we're crapping on anybody, it's been the Tennessee Titans except for Breach most of the offseason. I think neither you nor me are high on the Titans in terms of replicating what we saw last year. Well, I think we agree the Jags will stink. <laughs> Come on. We're not why are we even talking about the Jags? I mean, uh, we're just talking about the division. Let me Jags. ask you a question that only Deepo knows the answer to. What's the over under win total for the Titans? The Titans is eight and a half. See, I mean and the Colts, I believe, is nine or nine and a half. Are the Titans the worst team in the Patriots right now? No, they're a better. Team. If someone get ready to attack you, why do you keep looking out the window? Uh, I am. Uh, I, sorry, I'm looking. I'm watching golf. Oh, you're I watching. Mean, golf. I thought you're my TV. I, I I had it set up here for Twitch reasons. Now I need to move it over here so I can like. Watch. What are you doing on Twitch? Uh, I was going to do Madden, but we ended up not doing it. Oh, I see. All right. I thought because uh, usually yeah, you're not staring off in that direction. I thought you're getting ready to get attacked. Want to make sure we had a, we had a window over there. Titans eight and a half, Colts nine. I mean, the Titans aren't exactly what I said. I was checking my list of over unders over here. Right, Titans aren't worse than the Patriots though on paper. Right now, I mean, the no, Titans are better than the Patriots right now on paper. But the betters feel differently. All right. Well, division is the difference, I think. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the, the yeah. Jets, the Jets, and the Dolphins are. That's not to say the Bills, fine, but you have the Bills and the Colts. The Texans would be the favorite to win the AFC. The Texans or the Colts would be the favorite to win the AFC East. I'm taking the Bills over the Texans. Okay. All right. Freddie Brinson. Nice. Love it. Uh, this is from Bryson Mitchell 2 via Apple Podcast. Also Canada. Real Canadian theme. Oh, Canada. Mm. Hey, we still need Debo to get the audio clip of Brinson saying how much he loves Freddie Kitchen on Damage Check's podcast. Yeah. Also, so I think my Brinson be, sucks at. Yes. I would just say this would be a, a great moment for me now that I have this, this new equipment to play that drop. I went and I found this episode yesterday, September 3rd, 2019. You appeared on Dave oh, Damage Check Pod. I listened. This, this listener pointed out exactly at the 19 minute mark, you made a comment about Freddie Kitchen's. Went to the 19-minute mark, didn't hear it. Listened to 10 minutes before, 10 minutes after, and I heard more tangents than I've ever heard in my life, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't listen to the whole hour 20 to pull the clip. So if I'll, I'll revisit at some point, and we'll find the clip, but I couldn't do it yesterday. I, I love Freddie Kitchens. I was all in on Freddie Kitchens going into the season. I thought he's like, I mean, like he's a a, a husky Southerner. Who's like yeah, very affable. Like I, I love the idea of that guy being a, a successful head coach, but uh, it was very clear very early on that he was in over his head, and I and I thrashed him for it. Can I you? I mean, this is the most Debo thing ever. He has to waste thirty minutes of his day listening to you talk about absolutely nothing for it for the the love of the job, and it blew up right in his face. You do hate to see it. <laughs> uh, anyway, he said. Also, I'll take my Brinson sucks hat anytime for this layup alley oop. My Twitter is at. <laughs> Brykes is dead. B-R-Y-X-E is dead. Question. Could you see edge players leaning more towards 4-3 defenses in free agency due to the issue with the franchise tag and possibly being tagged as a linebacker? 
I think that the designation happens before you go to free agency, though, right? So if you played in a 3-4 scheme, if you're Bud Dupree, for example, you can go play on a 4-3 team, but for the Colts, for example, but I don't think it'll affect how you get paid. I think it's more of a NFLPA, NFL issue. Well, and I think to answer your question, yes, in theory, but if you're going to get paid, if you're going to, if you're getting, if you're getting paid in free agency, then you're not thinking franchise tag at the end of the contract. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not worried about that. Like if you're, because that means you've, that means you've already been in the league for somewhere between, uh, four and five years. Four, maybe, I mean, even, maybe even longer if you got franchise tagged already. Um, and then you're about to sign a contract that's somewhere between three and five years. So you're, I, I don't think anybody's worried about the tag at the end of that deal. It's like if somebody's going to tag you at the end of that lucrative free agent contract, then you are perfectly fine getting tagged, whether it's a, as a linebacker or a, or a defensive end, because it means that your services are, are wanted. You're going to get a fully guaranteed deal, et cetera, et cetera. And it's probably more than likely that your team is going to extend you if you were playing really well on that contract. So I would say that it doesn't necessarily matter, but I think in the same vein, if you're a, if you're an edge guy, you would rather be drafted by a team who plays a four, three defense. If you are, unless, unless you're somebody who like played outside linebacker or maybe a little bit lighter in terms of your body set um, coming out of college. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. Okay. Moving to uh, these guys seem to really like IPAs. Wrong. You like IPAs. Neither me nor Breach like IPAs. Does Debo like IPAs? He just strikes me as not liking IPAs. Not a big IPA guy. Debo seems like a um, uh, Hefeweizen guy. Hmm. I've been drinking that hard kombucha. That's right. That hard kombucha. All right. So you're the IPA guy. Go ahead. Do you guys... I don't think this question's about IPAs. Do you guys see any neat gadgety trends taking over? This is from uh, Con- Convert to Metric. Nice. A great name. Canadian, European team here. Uh, via Apple Podcast, actually in America. Do you guys see any neat gadgety trends taking over the season? Kind of like how jet sweeps ended up everywhere over the course of the last two years. Wide receivers lining up as running backs against dime packages. Two, two quarterback packages. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Well, the Eagles are going to play with two quarterbacks. We know that. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I know you're trolling Debo, but I do think that is a good example of it. Like, I think we're going to see more of these players in the Taysom Hill mold. Well, they tried to do it with Lamar Jackson, and then Joe Flacco kept throwing the medicine balls out there, and he said, look, I, I'm not going to go back out there until I can play quarterback. I think you'll see more of that more of that happening. I think you see the Patriots do it with Cam Newton and Jared Siddham, sort of rotate quarterbacks in a little bit. I think the Eagles will use Jer- Jalen Hurts. They drafted him high. I don't think they'll, they're not going to pull Carson Wal- Carson Wentz off the field. But look, if if Sean Payton can pull Drew Brees off the field for Taysom Hill, then you can pull Carson Wentz off the field, and Carson Wentz can't sit there and complain about it. So I think it's perfectly reasonable that that might happen. And I don't want to hear Eagles fans complain about it either. Okay. Well, the difference is Carson Wentz can throw the ball more than ten yards down the field. If you if you want to call Doug, if you want to yell at everybody because Doug Peterson is not a top five coach on these coaching lists, then you better be okay when Doug Peterson plays Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz. You hear me, Debo? I, I told you I, I'm a fan of the pick. I was a fan going back to April. The reason that I liked it is because they have to have a vision in place for how they would utilize Jalen Hurts. So I'm okay with what they do. I trust it. Trust the process. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun. By the way, hats off to Lincoln Riley, uh, Baker Mayfield, who uh, I don't think was he was, he was a walk on. Baker Mayfield was Kyler Murray transferred, and then Jalen Hurts sort of was you know forgotten at Alabama at the end of the bench. 
all three of those guys, first overall, first overall, second round pick. Not too bad. Yeah. Got uh, the, the other thing, the other thing I think you'd see this year in particular as a trend. And we've sort of seen this developing over the past few years with various teams investing heavily in the offensive line and developing running backs. I think you'll see a lot of teams be power run teams this year. Hmm. It's a shortened off season. You want to keep things simple. If you have a bunch of young receivers, you can't, you can't be overly complex because you're not going to have time to install all these packages. I mean, you're going to have this training camp, but you're going to be more and more limited. I think you're seeing it a little bit from the Patriots, how they're, they, they look like a team that wants to go run heavy. Um, the Colts are going to be that way. I think, you know, we do transitioning quarterbacks. I wouldn't sure. be surprised if the Bucks try to run the ball a little bit, but I, I don't know how much success they'll have with it there. Uh, I just think you're going to, I think the, the Saints, you know, they'll, they'll be the Saints. They'll, but they'll, but they're going to run the ball more. They've been doing that more and more over the past few years. The Cowboys love to run the ball. Uh, you know, I just think these teams are going to try and sort of simplify things and shorten games by running the football and being power run teams because you can you can really create that dynamic a little bit easier than you can in a regular offseason. No, I think you I think you might be onto something. Uh, and this isn't new necessarily. We've seen it for a few years now, but um, college teams do it all the time. The RPO and that we've seen glimpses of that in the NFL. And as these quarterbacks get younger and more dynamic and more athletic, I think you'll see more of that as well. And that's something that is probably easier for these college kids to pick up because that's what they've been doing primarily in college. So it might be more of sort of an, an RPO-themed offense uh, in 2020 anyway. I completely agree with that. All right. Final oh, – not final question. Two more questions left. Remember, you can keep these coming on Apple Podcasts. We don't answer them all, but so go ahead and get it in. Because sometimes it takes a couple of days to pop up and populate, and then we can add it to the list, and we'll answer whatever you got. Hey, super friends, Ethan T, laugh emoji via Apple Podcast. I'm a big Seahawks fan, so I was wondering if you think the Hawks have a good chance of winning the NFC. Also, I'm wondering how far can Burrow carry the Bengals in his rookie season? Thanks, guys. Uh, Ryan, we already talked about Burrow as a possible breakout on Friday's podcast, so it makes sense to sort of tackle uh, quickly here again. I mean, I think he can take the playoffs. I don't think that's crazy. It's crazy next year. I mean, the over-under is five and a half, I think is what Depot told us last last podcast. Eight and eight can get you in the playoffs. Seven teams. That would be amazing. Uh, I think if they win six games, that's a huge step in the right direction. I think Zach Taylor, well, he probably wouldn't say it out loud, would consider that uh, a moral victory. And also, and, you know, we talked to Tyler Sullivan about this on Friday's podcast. That's a pretty tough division defensively, so he's going to get beat up six times by the Ravens defense, the Steelers defense, and the Browns defense. And if he comes through that relatively unscathed, that's great for his development, but I don't know if that's going to translate into eight wins in year one. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but I like Joe Burrow. Okay. Uh, I, I really think they could win eight or nine games, and I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. Now, is it likely? Probably not. He's a rookie quarterback. We don't know a lot about Zach Taylor, and you know we can talk all about all these guys coming back, but the Bengals seem to have guys who get hurt every single year, especially yep. the rookies. I mean, like, if they're – their draft history real quick. I think that I mean it's it's pretty incredible actually. So they had a great draft. No, but all right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love the draft. Um Jonah Williams last year didn't play. No. Got hurt. Billy Price the year before. He got hurt. Was, right, exactly. Uh has played in twenty six games, but he got hurt. John Ross, the year before that, barely played, got hurt. William Jackson, the year before that, I think he got hurt he got as a hurt. rookie. He got he hurt did. as a rookie, right? He hurt his, he tore his pectoral muscle because he was picked right before the Steelers had to take Artie Burns. Yep. Still upset about that. So he didn't play his rookie year at all. Uh, John Ross, his rookie year, 
played in, uh, started one game, played in three turtle games. Billy Price, his rookie year, I'm just making sure, just confirming all these. Uh, Billy Price played in 10 games his rookie year and got hurt. Uh, let's see. Cedric Ogbui in his rookie year played in five games with zero starts. Yeah, so, he didn't play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Darquez Denard in 2014 in his rookie year played 14 games, no starts. And Tyler Eifert in 2013. All right, so Tyler Eifert, 15, uh, 15 games, 445 yards. Ironically, Tyler Eifert, the only guy who was, like, healthy enough and, and an impact player uh, since a rookie. So the last time they really had an impact first-round rookie was 2013. That would be my one concern, that you're asking a lot uh, for Joe Burrow to overcome a trend in Cincinnati that is not going well. But, I mean, Joe Burrow's a stud. Maybe they get all these guys back, and, and maybe they're – I don't know. Maybe maybe they make it happen. I I I think that they could. I think that they could do uh, do some damage. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that they're the favorite to make. Uh, like I would. I take them like three and a half to one to make the playoffs. Maybe. Uh, as far as the Seahawks, they have Russell Wilson. Yep. Do we love their offense? No, of course not. It seems to be kind of a mess a lot of times. They love to run the ball, but you got Russ, and there's a perfectly reasonable chance that you can win the NFC with Russell Wilson. Hundred percent. Yep. And that's what it comes down to. That's all. It, without looking, who is the Seahawks' backup quarterback? Ooh. Uh, I should know this. You should. I forgot. Uh, yeah, hold on. This is bad podcasting. What? Who is it? Geno Smith. Oh, I knew that. Oh god. And they signed Anthony Gordon as undrafted free agent. The point is that if Russell goes down, that's a huge problem. But with Russell, you have if every Russell chance. Goes down, it's like a five-win team. That's right. But you with him, you can win win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I would say that the problem for the Seahawks is that I don't know that they are built as a team to dominate in the like over three playoff games. So they sort of need like to get the division well, title, and that's gonna be tough. Couple things. They have Jamal Adams now. Huge, a huge difference, I think. I almost called him Jamal Lewis. But <laughs> they also don't have two first-round picks going forward. But as people pointed out on Twitter, and you made this point during the, the emergency podcast last week, they typically pick low in the first round, and they also have crazy first-round picks that don't work out. So maybe it's not the end of the world. But that's that, that defense will be better with him there. They drafted Jordan Brooks in the first round, who's a fast, rangy linebacker, so he helps in the middle of the field. They've got a couple of edge rushers to help out in the draft. So maybe the defense will be uh, a lot better and, and make things – um, easier for Russell in that offense. I think that is entirely possible. And if the defense does take a step forward, and because Jamal Adams makes them that much better, then this team is right on right there with the the 49ers. I still I I wouldn't. I think the 49ers are a safer bet, but I think the Seahawks. It's foolish to count them out. They were very lucky last year, but Russell is awesome, and the the weapons only get better. If the Seahawks were playing in the Super Bowl, it wouldn't. I wouldn't bat an eye. No. Nope. All right. Last question. From Josh Messer. Oh, I forgot to mention at the top of the podcast. You can leave comments on YouTube. All these videos are on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you leave a comment there and, um, we will, uh, we will answer your questions on YouTube too. We love YouTube. Josh asks, so I liked the video and subscribed. I thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. I listen to you all on Google Podcasts. So I can't leave a five star review, but love the podcast. Love the random tangents. We thank you. Can you please do a shout out to my fantasy football league about how stupid it is to have eight bench spots in a double flex league? Also, no 
uh, d- defensive uh, special teams, 12 teams. There's literally never anyone on waivers because the bench is so deep. Uh, yes, Josh, I will tell your league mates that they're morons. Eight bench spots? What are we doing here? It's entirely <laughs> predicated on the draft. Everyone gets snatched up at the back end of the draft, and I think the draft should always be important, but fantasy football is about managing your roster and being able to make savvy moves in season. I lost a title because I couldn't hold on to David Johnson his rookie year, even though I knew that he was going to have break out at some point because my guys got too injured, so I had to drop him. My One of my best friends, Nathan, picks him up and wins a championship with him. That's That sucked, but that's part of fantasy football, managing your roster, making decisions. If you can just hold on to everybody, that's it's one thing if it's a dynasty league, that's fine. You can have a 1,000 roster spots on the back end because it's dynasty and you don't want to have to drop somebody and worry about picking them up. But in a regular season fantasy league with two flexes, eight bench spots, this is absurd. Four? four to five, five max. Okay. Yeah, eight. I mean, even for my – What are we doing? Yeah. For someone who doesn't know anything about fantasy football, eight seems – And the thing with eight, too, is that if you get guys who check out, they're probably just – like they're, you know they might have somebody that – it didn't do anything early on, but is a possible blow up candidate later in the season. It's just sitting on their bench and they're yep. one win 10 weeks in. And yeah, this is ridiculous. Josh, Josh's league mates, fix it, please. You can play this rant for him, uh, record it on your phone, send it to him on a little voice text, Brady Quinn style, and, uh, tell them they're fools. That's it for the show. That was a short show. Right. Those mailbag questions on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube or tweet them or whatever. Talk to you guys later.